on the radio. Oh, you've already put it on. <laughs> Plus Radio. Plus Radio. about this music feels so real and so genuine indeed on a monday on you didn't know how far how are we how we're even going to make it to to a friday we didn't even know we were part of god's plans to make it true to a friday but here we are he has made a way for us this morning and we are so grateful to him for this opportunity this this morning only because God made a way. We are here feeling so comfortable, feeling so good that we are 
almost in a weekend we're almost in a weekend and it's because the lord made this possible and because he lord had a way he always have a way for us every single day the bible says that his mercies are new every single morning and because of that there's so much beautiful peace and blessings be unto you this morning for joining us on the plus morning dew here is a place where we come together of course genuinely we seek for the interest of one another and also for the betterment of our country so right with me on this two and a half hour content or two and a half hour journey while we seek through things that make us better people at the end of the day but getting into the weekend we'll make sure we are doing ourselves good and doing our country and our families good Plus radio. Plus radio. I don't know how. Don't know how, but you did it. I was sinking deep in sin, but Jesus. But you did it. No money in my pocket. No food on my table. Don't know how, but you did it. I don't know. I don't know. I call you my way maker. My way maker. My strong tower. My strong Plus radio. Plus radio. So on the deal this morning, we've got um, a sparkling show for you, right? As, as usual, we've got something, 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 something for you. Um, today on Plus Conversation, you're asking the question, sex in marriage, right? Sex in marriage, is it a rule or a service? More often than not, we hear people say, and he used me, and she used me. Then we're asking ourselves, is it a rule or is it a service? What do you think about it, right? Sex in marriage or sex in relationships. Is it a role that we play? Always it's, it's a service that we render. So let's let's hear from you this morning on the show. Also on the show, we've come your way with, um, you know, to, um, for the past couple of days, past couple of days, we've had heavy downpours. And so we'll go through the weather. Just so as you move out of the day, as you move out this morning, you are informed on how to to make those tough decisions right to make those decisions if living Kumasi in Accra we've had some cool breeze we've had winds coming in every now and then and so um we talk about the weather right we talk about the weather then we talk about the we do a covid watch this morning and also plus conversations we have now plus conversations this morning so um stick and stay with us it's a packed show fascinating stuff coming up on the show but before that let's do time with the story man and then i'm right afterwards you will do commanding your morning segment so if you haven't shared the links already kindly do so if you're struggling with any way to find a link i'm sure um any link you have to plus with you irrespective of whatever show it is is the same link that you can listen to us on so let's come together and do the thing that is much much needed this very morning hey. 
Plus Radio. Plus Radio. back again so let's do this so there was a farmer who lived next door to a hunter every morning the hunter's dog would jump over the fence into the farmer's yard and he would wound some of the sheep he has oftenly killing some of them the farmer would go around to the hunter's place the following day complaining yelling at his neighbor and screaming insults at him until the farmer was blue in the face but the hunter couldn't be bothered the following night, the dogs would jump over the fence again and repeat that same action. After losing one sheep too many, the farmer went to the city to see his friend, the judge, for some advice. The judge listened to his first peculiar problem and gave him some equally peculiar advice. With a smile on his face, the farmer returned home. So that evening, he went over to his hunter's home again. I mean, his neighbor. Good evening, sir. When the door was opened, he said, I feel worried about how much I've been complaining lately. So I decided to make amends. Yeah, some pets for your two daughters. And with that, he produced two adorable little lumps. The hunter's daughters were crazy over, with excitement over their cute new companions. That night, the hunter locked the dogs in the garage to prevent them hurting his daughter's lumps. The following day, he built cages for them. And the farmer never had a problem with those dogs jumping over his fence ever again um, this story is one of my favorites after it was told to me some years ago because it illustrates a principle i believe all of my adults like it's also a principle that i apply in my job or wherever i go every day here it is the point of view that matters in this world is your own and that applies to every single one of us doesn't it the reason why you don't always have things your way is that people don't see things the way you see them when we are frustrated it's easy to scream up those who we believe are causing our problems when someone crosses you in traffic or drive recklessly you roll down your window and yell at them when some public officer says or does something you consider ill advice you quickly jump onto facebook or twitter to troll them but you are not alone everyone does it when you go there you see have you seen how footballers react when they disagree with the referee's decision they get so animated violently registering their protest at the top of their voices but let me ask you this how many times have careless motorists got out of their cars to personally apologize to you for being reckless and endangering your life how many times have public officers changed their behavior because you insulted them on twitter and have you ever seen a referee reverse a decision just because the players didn't like it you see the way to get what you want in this world is not to scream at people until it's done but to show them your point of view make what matters to you matter to them it's called influencing we all are caught in a world that we are doing things of our own and we all ought to be doing it instead of insulting why do we speak up about the things we don't like anyway what's the goal we are seeking when we do that what are we trying to even achieve by registering our displeasure ultimately we would rather not have solutions to the problem we complain about so why don't you complain in a way that would create the best chance that the people causing the problem will change their ways and the problem will be solved? 
So which approach do you think gets that result? Insults or influence? My friend today, I want us to focus on influencing people. We all have problems that lie in other people's hands to solve. But the truth is, you never should relinquish problem-solving power to those who caused the problem. You don't even know the problem anyway. That may be causing you difficulties, but how you react to those difficulties is what really matters. Don't get mad. Get influential this morning. Show them your perspective. Give them a couple of lambs of their own and they will soon see the wisdom in locking the dogs away. I am your story man. And whatever matters to you, indeed matters to me. Good morning, loyal listeners. Good morning, Ghana. Your number one, one internet radio station. Plus Radio. Plus Radio. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer no longer a slave to fear of any kind any fear of any kind because we know who we are and we are children of the most high god it's time for commanding your morning and let's do it let's do it let's do it let's do it um today we are doing seasons of life you know um in every phase of life in every phase where you are right now there's a season and that season is going to end or is going to progress right no matter where you are you're never going to stay stagnant and so let's do seasons of life seasons of life as you get encouraged by dr mensa otobo as it walks us through the various seasons of life wherever you are it's a phase and it's a season if you are worried don't worry this is a season and it's definitely going to pass so let's do dr mensa otobo with seasons of life your number one, one internet radio station. Plus Radio. Plus Radio. Your number one, one internet radio station. Plus Radio. Plus Radio. 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated in God's presence. Let's celebrate Bishop Michael Konko, the patriarch of this house. He's a man who has signed a covenant with youth that he would never grow old. So every year he gets younger and younger and younger. We celebrate you, Bishop, and Bishop Peace, for the great work that you're doing, your friendship, the relationship, knowing you and observing you, learning from you. It's just a privilege to be associated with you. Thank you for challenging and stretching all of us and, and becoming a great example. When I grow younger, I will be like you. And what can we say about Bishop Tudor Bismarck? He, he can do gymnastics with any verse of scripture. And he takes the word and you wonder, wow, where, where is this coming from, you know? And what a word, what a word we just received. Somebody say, I'm going to the house stop. Say it one more time, I'm going to the house stop. I trust that what I say will add up to what he said and help us to focus on God's agenda for our lives. At every conference, God wants to use it to stretch you to a new level. In Israel, there were conferences. And each conference, when the people came, whether it was for the Passover, whether it was for atonement, each conference was designed for people to go to a new level in their lives, to stretch them, to, to cause them to engage with God at a higher level. And so anytime we come to conference, God is going to add up something to your life and he's going to lift you to a higher level. Some people are going to the house stop and others are going to go higher than the house top. Amen. My message tonight is simply titled, Where Are You? Where are you? Ask the person next to you, where are you? It's important to know where you are and to know where you are going. You cannot know where you are going until you know where you are. My opening text is from Genesis chapter three and verses eight to nine. This is the conversation that God had with Adam and Eve after they had sinned. And the scripture said, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? This is the first question in the Bible. 
and it is asked by God of our first parents, Adam and Eve. Where are you? It is not a questing designed for God to gain information. Because God knows all things. When God asks questions, it is not for his sake, it is for your sake. So when he asks us a question, he expects us to use the question to discover ourselves. And this question can only be answered in a relational term. And when I say relational term, you can only answer the question of where you are based on what you are related to. Now, if you were in town on your cell phone, somebody calls you and asks you a question, where are you? The moment they ask you, where are you? You don't look at yourself, you look at your surroundings. Because you have to look at something that is fixed in your location to use it to identify your position. So you look around and say, I am on this street or that road or at this vicinity or behind that building or something like that. You always identify where you are in relation to something else. So it is a relational question, where are you? In most hotels, there would be in the rooms a design of the layout of the floor of a hotel and somewhere in there, there would be a dot and there would be an inscription, you are here. Because when there is a fire, you have to know where you are before you, you determine where you are going. Otherwise, you run right straight into the fire. You have to always know where you are. Now, where you are can be determined in many ways. And today, I'm going to give us two ways to determine where we are. I'm going to give you first the stages of life and then I'm going to talk about the seasons of life. The stages of life and the seasons of life. If you want to determine where you are, you have to determine from the stages of life and the seasons of life. How do we determine the stages of life? First John chapter seven, chapter two. First John chapter two, verse 12 to 14. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you know the father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Now, in this passage, there are three clear stages that are described. Childhood, adulthood, Eldership, childhood, adulthood, eldership. Now, childhood in this passage is not just talking about biological children, but it's talking about spiritual and mental children and spiritual and mental adults and spiritual and mental elders. 
Now, how do we determine childhood? Childhood is a stage of learning. It's a stage of learning. You can determine whether you are at that stage or not by looking at your language. If your language in life is always, I need someone to help me. I need someone to encourage me. I need someone to lift me up. You are at the childhood stage of life. Everybody whose language is, I need someone to help me. I need somebody to teach me. I need somebody to encourage me. Somebody has to help me to become who I have to become. You are at the childhood stage of life. Now you may in age be old, but in attitude be a child. And there are people who never outgrow childhood in their lives. Forever, they're looking for somebody to fix their problems for them. When they make a mistake, they go to somebody to fix their problem for them. When they have a financial problem, they go to somebody to fix their problem for them. They're always looking for somebody to fix their problem. If that is how your life plays out, you are at the stage of life called childhood and it's not an insult you just have to know where you are so you can decide to grow because until you know where you are you'll never know where you're supposed to go so childhood is the first stage second stage is adulthood adulthood is the stage of living is a time in your life when you say I need to do exploits with my life I need to show that I can overcome obstacles. I need to solve my problems. I need to live my life successfully. If that is your language, you are at the young age, adulthood of your life. You are an adult in life. You're not looking for somebody to help you. You are now looking to solve problems. You're now looking for challenges. You are now looking for opportunity to maximize your life. The third stage of life is eldership. When you become an elder, when you become an elder, the most important thing to you is legacy. Legacy, what you leave behind. Your language is, I need to empower other people to become great. I need to help somebody to discover their potential. I need to help somebody to become greater than I am. I need to make sure that the people coming after me have a better opportunity than I have. If that's your language, you are at the adulthood of life. So let's look at the three stages again. Childhood, learning, I need someone to help me. Adulthood, living, I need to do exploits. Elderhood or eldership, legacy, I need to empower other people. Now. If you use this simple instrument, you can always tell where you are in life. So if I ask you, where are you in life? You have to now figure out, I'm an adult, I'm a child, I'm an elder. Don't feel shy about it. If you're a child, you're a child. But the good news is children grow. And so you can grow, you can change, you can become better. Every blessing that God has for you is determined by the stage of life you are in. 
when Bishop Bismarck was preaching and talking about getting to the house top, he's talking about the same thing. You have to graduate from childhood to adulthood to be able to reach out to the things that God has for you. Otherwise, there can be great promise for your life, but your attitude will always be on the ground. Always begging, always seeking for somebody to lift you up. So the first way to find out where you are is through the stages of life. Everybody say the stages of life. All right. The second way of finding out where you are, and I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about it, is the seasons of life. The seasons of life. Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 to 22. After Noah had come out of the flood with his children and, and so on, they made a sacrifice. The Bible says, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Whilst the earth remains, there will be seasons. Now these are seasons of the weather. But they are also the seasons of life because what is true naturally is also true spiritually. First the natural, then the spiritual. So there are seasons here. Now for those of us in, in this part of the world, in West Africa, uh, we, our season is just two. Raining, no rain. It's either rainy season or no rain season. But the Bible, fortunately, was not written in Nigeria or Ghana. So the, the people that God used to teach us, we have to understand it within the context and the culture within it is written for us to understand it now within our world. Now, there are six main seasons that are set out in this passage. The first is seed time. Everybody say seed time. Now, seed time is a time when you're sowing seeds or you're making sacrifice or you're making investment. Seed time is a time when you are doing the things that you bring you the results you want. So, at every seed time, you are doing something that is going to give you something you are looking forward to. You want to have a university degree, your seed time, you go to school and learn and take your exams. That's your seed time because your harvest is a university degree. You want to make money, there is a seed time. You have to start investing, you have to start working hard, you have to start making your deadlines and keeping your shadows. Your harvest, you're gonna make money. So seed time is always the time when you are making sacrifice and investing and doing the things that will give you the results you want. It's a time for digging, seed time. Then there is harvest, harvest. Harvest is a time for reward, is a time for reaping what you have sown. It's a time that calls for strategy, 
It's a time that calls for reinvestment because harvest time is a more difficult season than seed time. One person can plant a field, but it takes a group of people to harvest the field. When you get into the harvest time of your life, you have to learn how to work with people. When you are in the seed time of your life, you can do it alone. When you get to the harvest, you have to learn to work with people. So if, God, if, you, if you're successful in your seed time alone, but never know how to work with people in your harvest time, your harvest will be aborted. Your harvest will be destroyed. So there is seed time, there is harvest. All right. Then there is cold or winter. Cold or winter. It's a season of loneliness and dryness. A season of loneliness and dryness. It's a time when everything is lonely. It's a time of rejection. It's a time of betrayal. It's a time of abandonment. When you get into the cold season of your life, you feel like nothing is working for you, although things are working. But it looks like nothing is working. Everything looks dead. Everything looks hostile. People don't seem to be engaged with you or happy with you. It's the cold season of your life. Then there is the heat season or the summer season of your life. It's a time of warmth and of joy. This is the time when you are embraced, when everything is bright, when things begin to, when you begin to feel good about yourself. It's a time when you are joyful and happy. In the cold season, you are always sad. It's a depressing time. One of the things you learn in the cold season is how to manage it because although things may appear dead in a cold season, there will be a change of season and the things that appear dead will come to life. That's why in the cold season, you don't cut down your trees. You don't cut down your investment because when the seasons change, you will realize that what appeared not to be working was actually working in secret. I'll come to talk a bit about it. Then there is the night season. The night season is a time of darkness when you are not noticed, is a time of dreams, and it's a time of quietness. It's a time when no one seems to take note of you or what you're doing. But it's also a time of great creativity. It's a time of big dreams. It's a time of your life when big things are taking place within you, but nobody seems to appreciate you. When you are in the night season of your life and in the cold season of your life at the same time, it will seem as if the whole world is against you. Because sometimes the seasons don't come one at a time. You can be in the night, cold, and seed time at the same time. You can be in a combination of all of these at the same time. So you have to learn to manage the seasons of your life because when you are in a cold season and a night season, it can be the most difficult, the most depressing stage of your life. And then there is this day season. The day season is the season of light, of exposure, of recognition. It's a time when the world wakes up to you, people notice you, you are appreciated. Sometimes this exposure brings you reward, 
and then it also brings you enemies. Now, one of the things you have to understand is that no season of life is bad. The night season is not a bad season. And I'm going to show you very soon in the scripture. The cold season is not a bad season. It's just a season. Each one serves its purpose. You cannot have day forever. Everything will die when there is day forever. You need a night for there be, to be photosynthesis properly for the plants to give out what they have received in the day. So you cannot have happiness all your life. You need, you need to be quiet sometimes. You need to be sad sometimes. You need to think. You need to reflect sometimes. You can have a happy go lucky. Neither can you also be sad all the time and depressed all the time. You need a balance of all the seasons. That's why the seasons come and go. Now the thing about seasons is that the trend and the bishop Mike. Now they, the pastors, may be in their seed time. But Bishop Mike may be in his harvest time. Now when you are in your seed time, working for somebody in his harvest time, you have to recognize the harvest is not for you. Are you following me? The harvest is not yours. You have come to his field in his harvest time and you are seeing so much happening and so much harvest, but in the season of your life, it is not harvest time, it is seed time. So in his harvest time, you must start sowing your seed. Are you following me? Because there was a time this man was sowing seed and none of you were, were there. And then he comes into harvest. And then he brings in laborers to come and harvest. But the laborers are not in their harvest season. They are in their seed time in somebody's harvest. So what they do is also to sacrifice and to labor and to work hard. Because one day they would also get into their harvest season. The problem is when people relate to people in different seasons, they leave their own season and try to live in another person's season. If you are in your season of darkness, I'm in my season of day, and I'm having exposure all over the world, you can't you can come and work with me and say, I also need exposure, give me the platform. It's not your season for the day, it's your season for the night. You have to be hidden. Although the whole ministry is in the daytime, you as an individual, you are in a night season of your life. That's why I said that identifying where you are is relational, is relative to something. And if you don't know how to manage those relationships in the seasons of your life, you will make some terrible mistakes. And that is why the, the, I've, seen, I've been in ministry for some time, and I've seen people who can work in a ministry for years, sometimes 20 years, 30 years, and achieve nothing. Because they never sowed seed. 
Some come in when things are working. They never sow seed. All they're looking for is reward and they're agitating and agitating and looking for reward and help me and give me this and help me and give me this and nobody loves me. Nobody's taking care of me. You know, these people, they don't love me. They don't love me. They're enjoying everything all by themselves. They forget there was a seed time for them and the seasons have changed. You have come in and you have to sow your seed. And when it's time to sow your seed, don't imagine that because you are sowing the seed in this man's field, the reward will always go to that person. Because Jesus said, if you are faithful in another man's, if you sow in another man's field, God will give you your own field. You have to understand the seasons of life. God will take us through the seasons. The, things about this, the thing about the seasons of life is that they are cyclical. They are not sequential. They, they don't go in one line. So you seed time, harvest, day, now. It's cyclical. So if I have seed time today, and have harvest tomorrow, I will have seed time again. If I go through darkness and enter day, I will have darkness again. If I go through winter and go through summer, the winter will come again. Yesterday was, we had night, and today too we have night, and I guarantee tomorrow there will be night. And next week there will be night, because night will have to come, it's cyclical. You don't sow your seed once and for all. You sow it cyclically. You don't harvest once and for all. You harvest and then you sow seed. You don't have day once and for all. You have day and you have darkness. That's how God deals with us. In the seasons of life. Now for us to work with the seasons, we have to embrace the seasons of our lives. You have to embrace them. You don't fight seasons. You have to work with them. Jesus spent the first 30 years of his earthly life in obscurity, in darkness. He came into the day only for three years. You have to understand that seasons change. They may be prolonged, but they will change. And when God changes the seasons, you change your actions. You cannot go to Norway or Switzerland at this time and later in December and still wear your very, very nice flowing African attire. The season will have its effect on you because seasons have no appreciation of your own desires. If you say, for me, as for me, I don't like wearing winter clothes. Well, you may not like it, but the season will determine whether you survive or not. You can say, well, I'm an African, this is what I wear. You know, this is what I wear when I'm in Africa. But when I travel around the season, I have to pack myself underneath with all kinds of stuff. Because those seasons have no respect for my anointing, my calling, my ministry. 
season doesn't care. You, you're general overseer, and so what? You are called, and so what? The seasons are brutal, very brutal. And if you don't handle them well, they will damage you. Just as they do naturally, they also do spiritually. In the seasons of our life, we make mistakes because we don't judge seasons well and we make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes can stay with us for years. I know people who are living with mistakes they made 30 years ago, still making them. Never live with a mistake you can correct. And don't think that the mistake will correct itself. You have to make the effort to correct the mistake. Otherwise, one season of your life may prolong for a very long time. So, we're going to try to see how to make it all work. And I'm going to give you two important characters in the Bible and we're going to look at how seasons worked with them. The first one, the first character we're going to look at is Hagar. Hagar in the Bible. You know Hagar. Hagar was the maidservant of Sarah with whom Abraham had a child. Sarah's plan was to have a child with Abraham through Hagar. Now, however she thought that would work, I don't know. But people have funny ideas about things that they think would work. So he tells Abraham, go have a child with my maid Hagar and the child will be mine. Abraham says, I don't think that's a good idea. Sarah says, well, I think it's a good idea. So, well, Hagar is available. Abraham makes Hagar, Hagar pregnant. And then everything backfires, which was predictable. They should have known it would backfire. Everything backfires. Hagar got, gets pregnant. And as was supposed to happen, she gets pregnant. She begins to despise Sarah because you are about... 80 or something years and for all this time you can't get pregnant I just came on the scene and look what God Lord has done so she had a lot of praise and worship worshiping the Lord for his faithfulness for favor for breakthrough early in the morning and Sarah couldn't handle it so Sarah starts dealing very harshly with Hagar and she's going through a very difficult time of her life. Hagar is carrying seed. It is seed time for her. It's Abraham's seed. But it's also a cold winter time for her because her madame hates her. She's in seed time in a cold season. Rejection, betrayal, abandonment, harsh treatment. But she's carrying seed. So watch what happens. Genesis chapter 16, verse 611. Now, Sarah goes to complain to Abraham. And this is what Abraham says. So Abraham said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. 
do to her as you please. That is not something you tell a woman. Do to her as you please. Now watch what happened. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. So she's seat, in seed time, cold season, you combine the two, she can't handle it any longer, she flees from the house of Abraham. <clears throat> Verse 7. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. Now what is happening is that Hagar is carrying seed. The seed must be harvested in the house of Abraham for that seed to be blessed by Abraham. But because of the coldness of the season she's in, she can't handle it any longer. So she leaves in anger, in frustration with her seed, with her future, with her destiny into the wilderness. What was going to happen was she would die and the child would die. And it's not because the seed is not good, but because she allowed the season to force her out of the field her seed must be born into. The child must be born in the house of Abraham. No matter how cold Sarah is, stay in the house of Abraham because your blessing is in the house of Abraham. So she leaves and the angel says, go back. Looks like a very unkind angel. The angel did not say, well, you know, you can leave and God will protect you. He says, go back. In other words, go and suffer. Go back to the cold season because the cold is not over. This season is not over. It's harsh. You're rejected. You're mistreated. But you're carrying seed. And the harvest is about to come. The harvest must happen in the right field. In Abraham's field. And if you persist and you take that child to Abraham's house, the child will be blessed. And so Hagar goes back to Abraham's child house, to a harsh environment, to a woman who doesn't like her. And she's mistreated and the boy is born. And for 13 years, she endures that harshness. But the boy received blessing from Abraham. Abraham blesses the boy. And then another season comes when now Sarai says to Abraham, send out the bondwoman and the child. And God says to her, it's time for her to leave. So they leave. And when they leave, they go to the same place in the wilderness. And when they get to the wilderness, there's no water. 
They're dying. The mother is dying of thirst. The, the boy is dying of thirst. It looks as if the seed is about to be destroyed. But then they have a visitation from an angel. And the angel says something very interesting. The angel says to Hagar, I heard the cry of the boy. The boy is not praying. The boy is just lying down with a heat wave. Collapse. But the spirit, the calling, the anointing in him is protecting both him and the mother from starvation and from destruction. So because of the calling and the blessing that they receive from the house of Abraham, they find water and Ishmael is preserved and he becomes a leader of princes. I'm not talking about whether Abraham made a good decision or not to go and do what he did. All I'm saying is because she waited for the seasons to change before she moved. Her child is preserved. She is preserved. The destiny of the child is also preserved. Do you know the number of, I don't know how many of you pastors are here, but let me speak to pastors especially. I've seen pastors who have run away from the house of blessing. because they were treated harshly. Somebody didn't like me. Somebody doesn't like my gift. Somebody doesn't believe in my calling. Somebody doesn't believe in my anointing. And they take a leave. And I've seen pastors and men of God, gifted, anointed, move into the wilderness and die. I'm not saying they die physically, but they die. When I was growing up, there were people I knew who were better preachers than me, more anointed, better, better by any, any imagination. But you can't find them anywhere. Were they gifted? Yes. Were they called? Yes. Did they have a seed? Yes. But they allowed the seasons to push them out of the house they were supposed to stay in to deliver their baby. And over the years, everything got destroyed. If you don't know where you are and don't understand the seasons of life, you're going to move based on the pressure of life, not the seasons of life. The pressure of life can cause you to abort your destiny and can cause you to, to manifest yourself at the time you must be in darkness. You, you, you will advertise yourself at the time nobody should know you. You remember what happened to the wise men who, 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 you know, I don't know why the Bible calls them wise men because I don't see wisdom. You see a vision that God shows you the king of the Jews has been born and you know what that means. So you go to the current king and says, uh, Mr. King, where is he who has been born? king of the Jews, we have come to worship him. What kind of question is that? The king says, I'm the king. They say, no, 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 not you. We, we just saw his star in the east. He's just been born a couple of years ago and we've come to worship him. Where is he? Well, we don't know. We're, we're trying to find out. We, we think he's somewhere in your vicinity. So he goes to his research department and says, find out where this thing's supposed to happen. So, well, it's supposed to be in Bethlehem. He says, well, you go find a king and, and just come and tell me 
that uh, you found him and I'll come and worship him with you. And those wise men would have gone back. I don't know why we call them wise men. I mean, they, they, were, they were going to go back to say, King, oh, guess what? We saw, we saw the new king and he's in Bethlehem. Uh, and so you can go and worship him. An angel says, don't dare. But watch what happens. Is Jesus the son of God? Yes. Does he have angelic protection? Yes. But the angel says to Joseph, take him out to Egypt. Not I will protect him. Not I will deliver him. Take him out to Egypt. Because if he gets exposed at this time, it's gone. There are certain exposures that will destroy you. And sometimes it's good to stay under the shadow to wait for the time of your manifestation. There are people who leave companies to go and start their own companies and everything gets destroyed because they manifested in the wrong time. They didn't manage it well. So Hagar, by the help of the angel, manage the seasons of life well. I'm going to show you a second character who had to learn to deal with the seasons of life. And his name is Jacob. Jacob, you know the story of Jacob. He was born and he was trying to come out. His father thought he shouldn't have tried to come out early and, and give him a bad name. Says from now on your name is Jacob, meaning crook, supplanter. So he hadn't done anything wrong, but his, he got a bad name right from the beginning. And from then everybody thought, oh, that's a crook, that's a crook, that's a crook, that's a crook. He's a crook, he's a crook. And most people think Jacob is a crook. He wasn't really a crook. His father called him a crook, but he wasn't. So, well, you know, he had this business deal with his older brother. Older brother comes up one day from the field and says, I'm hungry. Uh, Jacob says, ah, well, I have stew here, but, you know, everything has a price, so uh, give me your birthright and I'll give you the stew. At uh, that time, Esau had the option. He can say, oh, what do you mean? Just stew for my birthright. Just eat your stew. I'll go and find my own stew. But he stays there and says, oh, what's the birthright? It's nothing. It hasn't given me any money so far, so take it, whatever it is. Take it, take it, and give me stew. So he gets the stew. But Jacob says, before you eat the stew, we have to sign the deal. We have to sign the contract. So you have to stand before me and vow to Jehovah that this deal is, is, is legitimate. And so he, he swears to Jehovah, and it's legitimate. At that time, in Jehovah's mind, Esau is no longer the owner of the birthright. 20 years later, when everything has cooled down, Isaac tells Esau, well, I'm going to pass the blessing to you uh, for the birthright, so go and cook something. And Isaac... Uh, Esau should have told Isaac that, sir, you know, 20 years ago I made a bad mistake and I, I, I signed a bad deal and I sold the birthright to Jacob. So Jacob is the one who owns it. I'm not the one. But he's a crook. The crook is Esau. Esau sold it and wants to get it again. He's, he, he wants to eat his cake and have it. So eventually, you know, the story, Jacob gets a blessing and Esau says, 
I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. When those guys say they're going to kill you, they mean it. So Jacob runs from Esau. You know the story. Now, Genesis 28, Genesis 28, from verse 10. I want you to note very carefully what happens. Genesis 28, verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Note that. Stayed there all night because the sun had set. He entered a season of his life of sunset. The night season of his life. From then on, Jacob's life is going to be darkness. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and lay down at that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached the heavens. How stop? And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Jacob came to Haran. It was night because the sun has set. He moved from the light in his father's house and he enters a season of darkness. From this moment, Jacob is a man dwelling in darkness. But in darkness, all he's doing is dreaming. He's a man of dreams. He has dreams. He has great vision. He has great, great desire about the future. But everything is dark about him. And for the next 21 years, it's darkness. Nothing seems to work for him. He goes out to work for some, uh, his, his uncle, for a wife. And to show you the season is him, they bring the wife in the night season. When you're in season, all kinds of things get smuggled into your life. It's a night season. He can't see what, whether this is what I negotiated for or not. He wakes up in the morning and says, bad deal, bad deal, bad deal. That's not what I negotiated for. His father-in-law says, seven more years, 14 years for two wives. His wages are changed 20 times. He's broke, but with two wives. And now the wives are even struggling for children, so he adds the maid servants to it. Four, just producing babies broke. After 14 years, he said to his father-in-law, you know, I, I think I need to start my own business. So can you give me a piece of the business? Father-in-law says, okay, take a piece of business. He starts, when he's succeeding, his father-in-law changes the contract, and then uh, he's, he's back to broke. And he goes back to broke and goes there for a long time. Finally, just at the tail end, he begins to make some money. And he says, well, I need to run off before this man changes the contract again. He gets up, he runs away with his wives and children. And as he runs off something he had forgotten, a mistake he had forgotten about, read up, they told him, Jacob, Esau is coming to meet you. For 21 years, the season of his life is darkness. He has great dream, great potential, but it's unrealized. That's what happens when you are in the dark season of your life. You, 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 you have something deep within you, but nobody sees it. 
Nobody appreciates it. Nobody gives you a dog's chance. But you know yourself. You know you can do it. You know if you have the opportunity, you can do it. But nobody gives you opportunity because you are in the dark season of your life. Every door is closed. Every door is shut. The heavens seem to be shut on you. You look up, it's darkness. Everything is darkness. You can't find your way around. People are cheating you, mistreating you, misdirecting you. Your whole life doesn't, doesn't seem like working. And he's been in this season of his life for 21 years. Just to let you know, seasons can sometimes go for a long time. 21 years. So watch what happens in this season of his life. When he was told that his brother was coming to meet him, chapter 32 from verse 22. And the Bible says, and he arose that night. He's still in the night season. He arose that night and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok and took them and sent them over to the brook and sent them over, sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him, and he said, let me go for the day breaks. He said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what's your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. He said, why is it you ask me of my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Verse 31. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him. So he is in between season. The night season is about to end. But there, he has to fight his way out of the night season. It's not just going to end by itself. He has to wrestle with it spiritually because he senses, this is my night. I need to move from this darkness to the promise, the vision, the dreams I've been seeing. And that night, he holds the angel of the Lord and he says, I'm not leaving. But he's doing it alone. Because normally when the seasons are changing, you have nobody to help you. Nobody will be there to be your midwife to see the transition into seasons, into the next season. You have to stand alone. You have to own your life. You have to own your dream. You have to own your destiny. You have to wrestle it. You have to pray. And people may not agree with you. They may not like you. They may not want you to do it. But you must want it for yourself. So that night alone, he wrestled. It was a wrestle. It was a fight. It was a battle. And he prevailed. He prevailed over the night. And Jacob is now coming out of hiding. He's about to be reintroduced to the world. The world has known him differently by the name his father called him supplanter. 
But the world is about to see a new Jacob. The seasons are changing. The night is over. The angel asked him, what's your name? The reason he asked, what's your name, is because he was given a bad name right from the beginning. That was not his right name. That was the name of the frustration of his father. But he says, what's your name? He says, Jacob, crook, supplanter. He says, no, you are Israel. You are the prince that prevails with God and man. Have you ever wondered why God's covenant people were not called Abrahamites? Because Abraham was the one he cut the first covenant with. They are not Isaacites. They are Israelites. Do you think God will put his name, a crook's name, on his covenant people? No. No. He wasn't a crook. He was just in darkness. And when he came to the light and possessed his destiny, he became greater not only than his father, but he even became greater than Abraham. When we call the nation, it is not the sons of Abraham. The tribes of Israel are not the sons of Abraham. They are not the sons of Isaac. They are the sons of Jacob. The one who prevailed over the night and came into the day and received his promise. And out of him, God built a nation, a nation of covenant. When God is about to change the seasons of your life, one of the things you have to recognize that the season is at its severest just at the point of change. The coldest winter is just before spring. The darkest night is just before dawn. When the seasons are about to change, it means it sometimes looks like all hell breaks loose. You're running away from your father-in-law and your brother is facing you, both in front and behind. There is no redemption, but it was in that night season that the seasons change for Jacob. I don't know where you are, and so I'm going to ask you again, where are you? in the stages of life, in the seasons of life. Where are you? If you are, find yourself in a season of darkness, remember, it's also a season of dreams. And don't kill and abort the dreams you have in your darkness. The season of coldness is when moisture is being made available because winter is going to give you water. You're going to have the water that will water you for the next season of your life. It may seem cold now, but one of these days, that winter season is going to give you the nourishment to go the second mile, the third mile, the fourth mile of your life. Wherever you are, if you're sowing seed, you will reap. You will enter your harvest field. You will enter your day season. 
you would enter your season of warmth and of summer and of colors and of beauty and of embrace. People are going to embrace you. People are going to welcome you. People are going to celebrate you. For a moment, nobody mentions your name, but a season will come. Your name will be on people's lips. God deals with each one of us in the seasons of life. The, the problem is not the seasons. The problem of our lives is we have mismanaged the seasons of our lives. So we are like Hagar. We run from one season and we go into the wilderness without any protection. We go into the cold season without any warmth, without any protection, and we kill our destiny. But God wants to bring us back. You cannot live with a mistake you can correct. And one of the ways to come back to your seasons is to recognize I mismanaged that season of my life. I did it wrong. And, and just ask God for forgiveness and bring you back into alignment of the seasons and the purposes for you. Plus Radio. Plus Radio.
are no longer slaves we are children of the most high god Internet radio station plus radio plus radio indeed we are no longer slaves here we are children of the most high god so that was seasons of life by dr mensa otabel um to what stage of life are you are you are you um, um, um are you in the adult phase are you in the eldership phase or are you a baby um and the good thing is that whatever stage you are right Stage you are the challenge for you to go. So, um, God bless him, Dr. Mentor. What's about for the message? The seasons of life, wherever you are, just know that the Lord who's making a way for you, who made a way for us over the course of the week, will trust you even further. Up next, I'm gonna do the COVID watch and then, um, sharply we would move to the birthday wishes. Because if we turn away some, if we only some 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So we just let's do COVID watch right about now. It's gonna be a short one, but um, let's 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 do it. It's better to do it then. Mm-hmm. Your number one, one internet radio station, Plus Radio, Plus Radio. Plus radio, plus radio. Covid nineteen, breathing dark or cloud. Oh yeah, why the fever never power? Abre, oh do 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 do. I wash it, anti scent, anti taste. Um ni mi ya wo yo, do mi didi. I wash run in the new coat, do mi ya wo mo e feel it dizzy. Oh yeah, papa, every day you a say baby ah. Africa, 
Soja suro corona, lawyer o suro corona, malam suro corona, wala o paste o suro corona, meyeu bayati tobia suro corona, meyeu bayati yeina suro corona, usu suro corona, saunos maxi saluko kroba, mama ure filu tu mi de social distance wa ponano. September 2021 and um, let's do some few minutes as we um, get ready for the weekend let's do some few minutes of COVID watch here on Plus Morning Dew 
um today um, what am I, today i'm talking about um the attitude of of Ghanaians back again today i've laid i've not i've not, I've not been doing um policies and government stuff but uh according to the mm, numbers right if you live in kumasi if you live in accra if you live in any of the capitals the numbers show that most of Ghanaians are not showing up to take the second jab of the astrazeneca vaccines right i see and it's worrying it's worrying in the sense that um in a country where we are we all seem to have the same goal of pushing out covid19 out of um our system right we want to get back to the days where we we would climb on the weekends we used to get back to the days where we go to the beach on the weekends we used to um we want to get back to the days where um you aren't so scared if you don't have a nose mask in the house Charlie, those days who pee now only nose masks what was nose masks nose masks was reserved for doctors but um today we've all, we've all become doctors in a way and and we want to i mean move from those day, those times to to normal times right mm-hmm. so let's let's um um save some let's save some time because looking at the pressures of this world of late this if you don't stop doing something you can never do anything i think this is this is let's 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 say it this way when jai bibi ya wunti mini bibi so um this is the time let's go and then get the second dose this is the final one we 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 sat here and lambasted people for not for not bringing them into the abba i think um we need to also um inform people to go and get it. We need to encourage people to inspire people to go and get it because uh oh yeah that is it the, the the truth is shots now that is it and uh um i was speaking to my i was I having a conversation with, with with my producer sometime but um ordinarily you're supposed to have your vaccines within a, a stipulated period right and uh, we are so we are so let me put it unlucky in quote um that i'm and the longer it takes for you to take your second job uh the less effective it becomes right the less effective the first one even becomes and um let's do our very best to to get to these stations to take our second job um we haven't had yeah we haven't been able to confirm um those the places where you need to get but we know that in Ophori chrome christ the king um i think christ the king hospital in Ophori chrome if you're in kumasi you can take your second job there if you're in um living around a stressor or something you could go to the kumasi south hospital and um i know the other places Menshia hospital um there's um south and and all of those places you can just visit if you if you if you are not so sure just visit any local um health facility facility around you and um you could be directed to where you can take your second job so please let's do that and some good news also coming in um we heard that the u.s is shipping covid 19 vaccines i think the pfizer ones to countries like ghana and kenya also um as at yesterday 
um, Ghana received some 244,800 doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So if you haven't taken a shot yet, right, vaccines I'm sure there's some good news coming in and uh, um, we are hoping for the best but if you have then let's complete the let's complete the phase of taking your vaccines by taking your second job so um, and if you if you are like um, some of us who don't know where we kept our card some of us you don't even know who didn't even take your cards in the first place there's still hope for you so you just go there and present yourself for your second dose i'm sure um our good doctors will always find a way to help us stay safe so please let's do that this morning especially today being a friday let's take some some, some few i'm i'm told you don't even need to spend much time at the place so please let's um save ourselves the worries and then get in to take our second job but so um we have some we have some two days ahead of us so i'm going to say if let's keep um taking heed to the safety protocols right because that's the only way we know we can stay safe yes the vaccines are in but then uh, we can only make predictions with the vaccines but staying safe is 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 something that we know that um we can stay safe if we embark on that so please Let's observe our two-meter social distancing rule um, as much as um, it depends on you. Make sure you have some time allocated f- for you, even if it's through alarms or whatever. Make sure you are washing your hands intermittently from time to time. You are washing your hands. Also, um, let's take in some vitamins to make sure our immune system is so strong to not just fight of COVID-19, but also other diseases that may present themselves in times to come also um let's use um let's employ the use of alcohol-based hand sanitizers so that um in places we don't have easy access to water and all other things we can um we can keep ourselves safe till we get one let's put on our face marks because it's the only way we know it's proven scientifically proven that we can stay safe so please stay safe and let's make sure that our whole agenda of getting back to some form of normality, right? Some form of normalcy is, um, is is upon us, and we are doing just that. So, thank you for listening to us this morning on the COVID watch. As I always say, as the president always says, this too shall pass. And as we are plus radio, believe that a time is coming we will just have a normal joke. We'll have a normal joke with COVID 19, and just make sure you are there to enjoy the joke thank you so much for listening to us on the covid watch we'll be back shortly with them plus birthday wishes and um, shout outs mama who refused to be just social distance and we're upon our own all of us are facing me now yeah and sanitizer do feel me fair yeah man down quick quick and you should have not to feel
time for um, the, um, the final edition of um, plus wishes and shout outs um, this week this week today is the third um, day of September 2021 and um, a special birthday wishes going out to these few people I mean to all of you all of you listen to us who we don't know your birthdays a special birthday wishes but then if you are celebrating your birthday you are doing it with um, a few wonderful people who we have their names here of course as usual you can send us anybody you want to send them a birthday wish to if you want to send it yourself perfect if you want us to say it to you can just send us their names and their locations and then we'll do the wish on your behalf so today we have a few a few of them so um as usual this is here young kway hello good morning once again everyone um, I want to wish Mrs. Christiana Asumbono a belated happy birthday yesterday. I think it skipped us. So happy, be- happy, sorry, belated happy birthday to you, Mrs. Christiana Asumbono. And to my dearest, to my dearest Natalie, happy, 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 happy birthday to you. May this new year bring you a lot of happiness and a lot of good tides. Happy birthday, dear. Um, okay, all right. And then a special happy birthday going out from them. Mariana, right? Mariana. I think Mariana, 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 okay. Um, so uh, a special birthday going out to Dr. White. And um, I don't know, I've got the name wrong. I've rehearsed the name since morning, but it's H O Y T E, Dr. Hoyt, right? Hoyt. Of the Confanochi Teaching Hospital, a special happy birthday going out to you from Mariana. Also, we want to throw a special shout out to um, Palenzi. Palenzi, that's Mr. Desmond Bredu, Mr. Desmond Bredu of um, Standard Chartered Bank. This this few days we've been blessed by. I've, I have personally been blessed by um, some of the some of some of your your teachings on financial finance management and also to you, Kaftan Papi. Kaftan Papi, um, Kwesi Trigger, and to um, Dominic, Dominic, right, the, um, um, at Don Don Chi, Don Chugi, right, yeah, Don Chugi, and also to Nanama, Nanama of um, National Pensions Regulatory Authority, of to 
we've had for we've had some 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 awesome awesome um coming together to talk about financial management we are hoping to bring all of you guys on the plus morning conversations as time unfolds um yeah so a special shout out going out to you and also to all of you to to ac business on the page to accuracy to everybody on um, our official whatsapp platform all of you a special shout out going out to you you guys have been amazing monday tuesday we couldn't come but then um the love was the love was huge the love was huge some of you just called me personally to find out what's up what's up um um we went on strike but we're back we're back it's good to be back <laughs> yeah it's good to be back so um a special shout out going out to all of you but if i celebrating your birthday are doing that to mrs christiana asumbonu and to and also with um natalie and also with dr white of comfort anochi teaching hospital Plus Radio. Plus Radio. All is set, right? All is set. All is set. Quite uh, movie, but then let's do um, our inspirational song this morning. Um, for the basis of what we are talking about, we're doing a song by Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, and she calls it the greatest love of all. Whitney Houston brings us the greatest love of all. So let's do Whitney Houston. Everybody searching for a hero. People need someone to. 
Plus Radio, Plus Radio. So that was um, Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston giving us the greatest love. So 
quickly let's get into um the plus conversations right let's end the week let's end the week we can be ending the year but let's 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 end the week right let's let's end on them on a good on a good note this this morning right come back evening but you be coming back in the evening though but this morning we're asking the question sex in marriage right sex in marriage is it a role or a service so if 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 there's sex in marriage and also we also like because is this whole love um sex in is the whole idea i mean is it is, is it overrated right let's ask ourselves is sex overrated in marriage like is, is it overrated is this something that really if it's not happening the marriage doesn't work and also is is it a role or a service i know we can only do bits of it we get do deeply get into it but this morning you're asking me a question is sex in marriage is it is it overrated is this something that if it doesn't happen the whole marriage needs to break down like isn't it overrated and also if it's if it, if it is or if it's not is it a role or a service speak to us this morning let's have a conversation right uh-huh i have my my internal marriage counselor plus we do internal marriage counselor is around and also but then um, the show is for you we are trying to show to you right let's hear from you is sex in marriage is overrated oh also is it a role that you play is it a role that you play or it's a service that you give or if you hear people say oh and he had sex with me and he left me and he had sex with me and he came to get what he wanted and he left is it a service that you play or it's part of the roles given to you i say a girlfriend i say a, a wife speak to us this morning speak to us speak to us speak to us
Vivian here as today the question on plus conversations right on flight friday relationships um you're asking the question sex in relationship sex in marriage you you forget the relationship answer sex in marriage right like marriage relationships is it so overrated sometimes you go people say and you need to have sex with them and then sometimes some marriages break off because of relationship a good i'm talking about good marriages where people have communication people have some kind of a bond you see that these people they are i mean their cohesion is great and yet the relationship gets down because of sex and so we ask is it overrated is sex in marriage overrated also when it comes to relationships and and also in marriage right uh having sex in a relationship is it a role that you play that comes with um you being say a boyfriend you being say a husband or a wife is it a role that is attached to you you being called um you being given you giving it a title or is is, is a is a service that you give because you are in it so you, you are giving the service because you are there or it's part of the roles that you play because sometimes you hear people say and he used me and he dumped me and he after we had sex she left me for a different woman and you feel that did are you giving it out as a service or it's part of the roles that come with you as being a wife or a husband speak to us this morning right let's have a conversation let's have a conversation we won't say uh sending me a message but you i'm coming to read that one i'm going to read sanobuka's message right now but then speak to us this is the role sex and marriage this is a role that you play or it's a service that you give let's let's have a conversation So if Tess is here with us, it would start getting to the conversation. You have, you have a few minutes to uh, to get out of here. But then um, let's see the first comment. It says, sex is the alternative. Sex is like alternative to dispute resolution. 
it's a platform that can be used to solve many issues in marriage now, sex is like alternative it's like the alternative to dispute resolution is a platform that can be used to solve um, issues in marriage and um, this is from I mean this is a quote that I found on, on, on the streets by Uncle Lebo White and it says when the sex is good all the other issues in the relationships get solved hmm? is this true when the sex is good, all the other relationships get solved so Tess let's let's get in let's get in so let's get in grab something suspect okay um sex in marriage before that let's 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 get into um the is sex overrated sometimes you go you go for weddings and all the advice like, Charlie and Jenica, and she, yes. <laughs> so we're asking this one is sex overrated uh, sometimes um you can have a good bond with somebody you see marriages that have good bond good coercion the coercion is so great but then you when the sex is bad it's almost as if the woman or the man involved forgets how good the lady is how mm. great she is how how brilliant or how mother motherly she is it's down to the sex if the sex is bad it doesn't care and sometimes we 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 attach ourselves to relationship oh the guy is the guy is he's he's overprotective he's he's this he's that but the sex is good and people are in relationship because the sex is good so we're asking this more is the sex is sex in relation is it overrated okay so this is how i'm going to start it if um we can never dispute this fact that sex plays a very important role in marriages i don't talk about relationships but in marriages i think or oh, i know that sex play it plays a very important role in marriages okay but if and if you're asking me whether it is overrated i think yes in as much as it plays important roles it is also overly rated <laughs> overrated yes so yeah i think to begin with that's what i'm going to start with and so um but in society has made us ascribe to the fact that if it's not parts i know i know um someone that uh, disputes that is that is is that that consummates even a um a marriage it is so if you get married to somebody and you've not had sex yet and it's over 20 it means years you guys are not married it means you guys are not married and, and okay, i'm here but you some of the things in this world eh, we need to dispute it we need to find time and write all of them down and start to dispute them one one by one but then um sex in in, in marriages right is it a role or a service okay so is a role and it's also a service but I'm not even enough, huh? You no, understand. I'm come to explain. Okay, explain. You see, explain. Um, I don't want to talk about the relationship thing because I think one of the lessons I was taught as I was growing up was that um, you can't go to a shop, let's say a supermarket, and then tell them, say, me milu. I know lots of people are not going to argue with me on this, and I accept that, but then you can't go say, oh, to a ton of milu. Mm-hmm. But before you want to buy the Milo, um, still run. 
on die milone so ema on se binge ke bishe se yo ki before you buy i'm not sure no one does that so that's why i'm not going to talk about the relationship aspect but then in marriage sex um sex is a duty and it's also um a service it's a rule and a service yes um from what i read okay it's a sex sex we have beautiful sex the word beauty Mm -hmm. beautiful sex and we have the dutiful sex duty as in duty dutiful sex and beautiful sex okay so let's talk about the beautiful sex the beautiful sex is um where where there is this um romance for plea like you guys have time or not much let's say from evening to morning whatever however you guys want it and you guys take your time and then you do it in marriages okay uh-huh so that's where the four a bit of mood to me yeah like four play one hour two hours before even the main thing sets in we have this dutiful sex where um yes i are going to work okay we are elite like i call be 10 minutes bina red pen assigned with you okay um but then the husband says he needs sex that time you have to fulfill it and um with a dutiful sex some people also call it quickie it's quickie okay the two of you don't have to be in the mood to do it the fact that one leads it means the two like the other has to start fulfill fulfill all righteousness and so that is it it's see it is just one person needs it and you have to fulfill that duty to that person so it doesn't necessarily have to be a long one um like the beautiful as compared to the beautiful sex okay so with that one so that makes it i don't know it becomes a as a duty a rule yes okay is uh, as it becomes a rule really a service it comes a service i guess and you're just seven whether you feel like seven or yes that you know, one party one party doesn't necessarily have to be in the mood you just have to satisfy the other one who is in the mood at that time and so that is what oh okay all right uh, but then so from test today is just today we are not just going deep we just want to show the show to you we have time to come and explain this thing i i am promising you coming we have time to bring people to come and explain chase and it's testing all his people around here would come will be in the studio to explain as to whether it's a role or a responsibility but what do you also think what do you listening to us also think this is what mommy for sends us he says Ben, when I think of sex with my husband, the only music that comes to my okay, when I think with when I think of sex with my husband, the song, this song with oh, when I think of sex with my husband, the only song that comes to my mind is Enjoyment by Kitty. Mm-hmm. I'll go with you, Enjoyment, Enjoyment, <laughs> Enjoyment. We'll keep each other with Enjoyment. Okay, so that's what my for also sends us. But then, um, Speaking of, okay, let me let me go through the comments. I'm sure when I'm done with the comments, everything. It says, men should take the responsibility of, okay, all right. 
when you have sex with your wife and she doesn't participate you know what okay this is what someone also sends seek first the emotional well-being of your wife and all other things can be added onto you hallelujah and this is um the difficulty of for a lot of women is that the man ignores okay they go the whole day and when they are coming to sleep the man says his anointing has come so he needs two minister okay then then um sex is a duty for both the husband and the wife if you can't do away with it because without it then there is no marriage okay so that's what we're talking about the mm-hmm. consummation and then it's the woman who spies sex who spies sex when the woman is on top that's when the thing is nice <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i have sex with my husband just to please him i don't enjoy it myself okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just sometimes my husband wants it but i'm not so enthused about it but i will have to bring myself in to satisfy my husband okay so that's where the the service comes in okay i'm blessed with the lady when i say open sesame she really opens it on this note, I want to advise all the women who wear gin shorts to punish their husband to stop that. Hey, awesome. As long as you are married, sex can happen at any time. It brings it brings itself. Sex in marriage is like salt in a soup. So this is what um, Sebastian writes. This is from underscore YK Techi. He says, I've been married for 10 years and when it's time for Sex, I gather all the energy and satisfy my wife. Hey. Sex is a necessity in marriage. People have underrated it in their marriage, and that's what's causing their problems. Okay, so I think, um, okay. Sometimes you will be tired from work, but when duty calls, you must attend it. Sex is a duty mm-hmm. and enjoyment. We can outsource a lot of things in life, but we can't outsource sex. I don't think sex in marriage is not a. I don't think sex in marriage is. A rule or a service. Whenever I think of sex, okay, I think it is okay. I think she will this one. Sex and marriage is wonderful as long as everyone is having fun. Sex and marriage is sweet. Not every day, though. We do have sex whenever the mood calls for it. I have never denied sex by my wife. Sex and marriage is not overrated. Sex and marriage is not overrated. So we have like not overrated. Okay, and this one says it's overrated. Sex is a communication. It's a definition of the nature of the relationship, right? Sure. So that's um, today I've been able to go through because today is a Friday. And if I don't go through your messages, then it means I have to uh, apologize and apologize. This is a requirement in marriage, but I don't think it's obligatory. Okay. Mm. Sex is a requirement in the relationship. Sex is a requirement in the marriage, sorry. I don't think it's obligatory. Mm. Sex in my marriage was bad. I had to beg and cry. Then I resorted to okay. That's that's another that's another way. Um, okay, 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 okay. Um, look, I've, I think I, I think by now I've gone through all, every every single one of them, right? There's there's too much emphasis on sex. It is overrated, okay. And this is what live your life says. Komena kobena skills. Um, application, for, uh, application for sex is rather too extreme I think rather than sex I always to have lasting friendship in the marriage mm-hmm. okay hey okay mm. it is is it okay it is a deciding factor in the marriage I'm not for sending number four okay 
Okay, I think I think I've I've gone through. There are some of them hidden somewhere. Unless you are doing it wrong and not enjoying it. Okay. So sex is overrated unless you are doing it wrong and not enjoying it. Uh, someone says, "Hey, Ben DG, okay, <laughs> that's a knee boy." So today, I I intentionally want to go through all of your messages, but then test your final words, so we can we can end with this lengthy um, message from Uncleable White. So test. Okay, so um, I think sex is really important as it's a lot of um. Sex is really important in marriages, okay? And I very much agree with the comments that said um, um, people can create everlasting friendship. Friendships, yeah. And it is really true. I think that is that should be the most important thing because I'm not sure the age for sex would be the same. So if you guys are going to get married for like 30 years, 40 years, I'm not sure it would be the same age to then. Something has to keep the marriage. Ibi amunya be seventy, seventy-five, eighty years. Will the sex still be like? Now, what I said, twenty, thirty years. No, I'm not sure it would be the same. So, I think we should look out for the friendship, the the bond in the in 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 the marriage. That's bond in the marriage before this whole sex thing can come in. So, it is really important. It plays a really important will be i i think with the 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 one that said the um conflict resolution thing uh-huh. a lot of people re- re- resolve their their issues with that and and it really works for a lot of people and it's true ah and hold on, hold on. so like your husband doesn't give money for upkeep then he give then he he has good sex and then the the the, the solution that's the solution to the problem. Conflict. Okay. But then some of them, let's say you guys had a heated argument in the morning um, before the two of you left for work. Like the, it was a really heated argument. And maybe Mokoba, you know, the man, the man wouldn't want to say sorry. The woman also feels okay. The man has apologized. <laughs> so there's some people, a way of saying sorry is that, and it really works for them. It's not for everyone, no, but some people, it works for them, as I said. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So it plays a really important role in marriage, and uh, as you said earlier, that um, even if there is no sex in marriage, it means the two of them are still not married. Like you guys get married, and then there is no animal, there is nothing for like one year, still not married. Mm. Uh-huh. So it plays a really important role, but it is actually being right. I think you should look for the friendship and the bond between the two in the marriage before. Play. So we can actually play sex as maybe the third most important thing in marriage. But then the friendship has to come because the the edge for sex wouldn't be like that till till till, till. like even in your olden age, the edge for sex wouldn't hormones you but then at a certain age I'm not sure it would be like how it was when you guys started. Okay, so I think so we should look at friendship first. But you know, my time is up. So I now signal with you. So I'm closing. Um there's one new comment that's in. Let me let me let me be done with that and then I think we can um Okay, so 
So Sandra says that I think it plays a pivotal role in marriages. Some people cheat in their marriage because of lack of sex and others and other sex related issues. Don't underestimate sex in marriage. So okay. I think I I can end with Sandra's quotes, right? Sandra's comments. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that you guys, Teresa and all of you think that uh it's, it's going to solve most it solves most of the problems in in marriage it still busts my brain so we are going to gather my facts when Let's we come back for the part most. two of this <laughs> they come back for the part two of this i'm sure we'll be able to to i'll be able to pull all of them down you then sit back and listen to what you guys have for for for, for us on the show so this is where probably we'll draw the curtains down on um um on the plus conversations but anyway uh, as i promise i will end with them um, this um this this audio from uncle Ibo white right that would um, give us a nice segue into the part two of this um sex in marriage conversation um so let's let's listen to uncle Ibo, uncle Ibo white needs to make love to a woman's heart and her mind before he makes love to her body. If you are a man and you are not making love to your wife or your woman's mind and to and to her heart, um, I'm afraid you are you are not quite satisfying her sexually. Because women need the emotional connection, the emotional um, emotional um, intimacy before they can get physically intimate and so if a man understands that then it becomes easier they typically men ignore how complicated the um, the body of a woman is listen um you and i and raymond once we get erection we are ready to go we are ready to fire Mm. with women you would have to um you have to think of something called um, lubrication she has to be lubricated and all that. And that takes you um, having to do a little bit of work to prepare her. But it is not the physical. The most important thing is that um, get her, get a girl to like you. Because for women, sex cannot be removed from the way she feels about you and the way she feels about herself and the way she feels about the relationship. So once you know that, then you can apply it and have a fantastic sex life. Mm. Okay, but briefly, so, uh, I mean, if you're a man and uh, you've gone home, you've talked about having to make sex to the mind and heart. Um, you've gone home and you have that feeling, your wife is not just in the mood, but uh, she wants to make you happy. <coughs> How do you go about making sex, having sex with her heart and mind? Well, did you, did you marry her that evening? No. Uh-huh. So how come you haven't been doing your, your work as a husband, as a companion, mm. as, as a lover? Do you understand? That's why I'm saying that sex is is a barometer for your relationship. It, it, it will show the nature 
of your relationship. So when you were leaving home that morning, how did you leave? Um, what did you say? During the day, did you call home? Did you, on your way home, did you say anything? When you were coming home and you knew I have this in mind, did you bring some ice cream, some chocolate, um, something that will make you feel, oh, my husband has been thinking about me. Um, unfortunately, <coughs> the, <coughs> the difficulty for a lot of women is that the man ignores her the whole day and then so she doesn't exist for him. Then once he's asleep, all she realizes is that the man says, my anointing has come and I have to minister. No, that's not the way it ought to be. You, This is your wife we are talking about. You live in the house with her. So, on a regular basis, what kind of husband are you being to this girl? How how nice are you to her? And if you are nice to the girl, if you even a, a thing as simple as talking with a girl, talking with your wife, goes a long way. Just having a chat. How, how was your day? Oh, um, how did your meeting go? Oh, um... What's the latest? Have you heard from your sister? Um, how did her operation go? Something like that. Mm. It helps with the emotional connection. And then, leading up to it, um, other things can follow. Um, so, <coughs> to use, um, to uh, apply a biblical principle, seek first the emotional well-being of your wife, and all other things shall be added unto you. Mm, great. Now let's look at what women need to know about men and sex. Women need to understand that a man can have sex, um, can remove sex from the way he feels about you, from his emotional state. A woman cannot have sex when she's upset. We can. I mean, one of my friends said, Uncle, when did you come home? If we are, if we are, if we are fought <laughs> and he wants sex, he wants sex. Um, it's, it's a, and it's a, it's a conflict-free conflict zone um, in a relationship. So women, <coughs> women struggle with that. So they struggle with, ah, how could he be nasty to me and sell one sex? Well, mm. my dear lady, he can. And um, mm. the other thing is that women need to understand that men need sex in order to get um, emotionally connected with their wives. Okay. And so if you are waiting for him, um, to treat you right before you give him sex, what is going to happen is that he's going to get even harder and, and nastier. So you give it to him, and then it softens him up, and then you can chat, have the chat you need to have with him. And that is how to let it go. Women struggle with that, that because they know, if I'm upset with you, I can't give myself fully to you. Hey, with, with a man, with me, with Winston, with Raymond... With Sami, with every every man, once Kojo Mensa is at, at attention, hey, we are good to go and we are ready. That that one, we can put how we feel about you aside and do it. <laughs> then after that one, the fight can can resume. Well, the the, the men say it has its own mind. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> oh need, yes, it no, doesn't need permission. It, it doesn't need permission from me to <laughs> get into action. Anyway.
so that was Uncle Bo White, right? Having a conversation with Winston Amoa of Joy um, 99.7. So credit to Joy 99.7 for the audio. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful education, but then I know you have lots of questions. I have, I have like a thousand questions on the interview. Winston had with Uncle Bo White, but we'll come to have a real conversation about sex in marriage. Is it overrated or is it something that's uh, has its own feet and also the fact that men need sex to apologize to their wives is mind-boggling but then i'm sure when we come back um tears and all the likes who feel that is true would have to explain to to some of us so this is where we we end um, a whole week of um bringing you a morning show mixed with some form of entertainment some form of music this is where we will draw the curtains now god bless you so much for joining with us god bless you so much for joining us with i'm joining us from monday through from wednesday from wednesday through to friday this has been an awesome time and um we are back god willing monday full team full set everybody intact so on behalf of the team we want to say thank you and um wish you a happy weekend mangana will be rolling in the evening 4 p.m with mr emmanuel frempon emmanuel kuku frempon right mangana and, and you're gonna have story night um hosted by Teresa. so you're gonna have story night this evening also um weekend spawns weekend sports might pass away godwin tomorrow and also there's going to be story night on sunday so stick and stay with all of that two on show there's a latest episode of two on show going down today so you know where to find it all other podcast platforms you can find the two on show so um happy weekend happy weekend and try and stay safe while we all hope for better days ahead so um we live in the good hands of the auto dj until um madiba would come around with his team to bring you Miman ghana today so mm, this is where we draw the curtain down then so um shalom peace i'm leaving you with daddy lumba and konoma from daddy lumba
Plus Radio. Plus Radio. 